Welcome to the Odd Opinions Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, we have me, Cameron, Gareth, Ray, and Nathan back again to give you our odd opinions. <laughs> I guess we don't get an intro this time. Yeah, I guess we don't get to talk right off the bat. Okay. What? Oh yeah, yeah. Hi everybody. Hi everyone. Hello. All so, right. What you got? What all right. You got, there you go. So today we're going to be talking about Patrick Swayze. Hmm. Ghost. Ghost. More, more specifically, that one movie he was in about ghosts. Was yeah. it? Who was he? was starring with Demi Moore or somebody? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's who it was. It's the famous pottery in scene. The pottery scene, yeah. you know? Cameron, I would love to reenact that scene with you. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't want to see that. Name of time and place. Can That's I behind the paywall, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Can I be Demi Moore? That's all I'm asking, you know? Subscribe for more. Subscribe for more. <laughs> no, no, no. Today. Well, this is when all the rounds quit. <laughs> today, we're going to be talking about ghosts do you believe in them how do they interact in our worlds do they do our worlds collide hmm that was a very cosmic question yeah do our worlds do we believe in collide? ghosts the first question let's go around the room i for one i believe there is some sort of spiritual <clears throat> dimension per se uh and i believe we interact with it in uh, some ways and i'll leave it at that for now but you right. Um, <clears throat> that sounds good on record. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's kind of complicated. I do believe that there is some kind of ghost phenomenon. I don't think it's. I guess I don't think it's human, technically. But like human I'll, ghosts. Yeah, I'll bring that up later. I guess just okay. as an overall, yes, I do, but not in the way that most people do. Mm. I feel similar to Ray as. There, I do feel there is a spiritual element to the world, but I also don't really believe in ghosts that haunt houses or humans that walk down the streets or lost spirits, per se. Hmm. Yeah. I think okay. we all have uh, similar views in that we don't, or we do believe in ghosts, but probably not in the way that uh, that they've been in mainstream, mainstream thought. I believe there's a spiritual realm. I don't think we we understand how we interact with it too much. I think we do. And I think the ghosts or spirits, whatever you want to call them, do interact with us. But I don't know, I don't know how much of a two-way street it is. So how, how would you describe this overlay of the physical and the spiritual world as you see it? Like how, how would... Like for me, it's more of like that kind of... I don't believe in crystals and all that garbage, but <laughs> like the aura, like there's kind of like, it's almost a bacterial presence. It's just, it's permeates everything. It's too small to see, but it's everywhere. Yeah. And some of those things sometimes coalesce to, to cause a difference in your life, Yeah. which is how people have these spiritual experiences or they feel a presence in the room and stuff. But I don't, I don't feel like they take these corporeal tangible forms I don't know. I think they maybe maybe they could. I think some people might see some things. Maybe more. Maybe some people could see more things than other people. 
I think that's based on a sensitivity to it and how open you are to seeing something. Yeah. Because a lot of it is, I think that the brain can believe something if it's told enough. And I think that's a lot of what we see as ghosts. It's like, oh, something moved in this house. It has to be a ghost. And you're like, nah, okay, if that's what you believe. But then you've got to think about, like, you play with a Ouija board and you really believe it. Well, I mean, you're kind of introducing, like, something that is, I guess it's not demonic, but it kind of is in a way. And you, you invite something to, to attach to you or to to use you as a host. Or interact so, with you in some way. Yeah, yeah. so it's that like when you, to it. when you open yourself to it, it becomes more of a of a real thing. And that's why, like, when people say that a house is haunted, it's more, I think the person has done something in their life to bring something upon themselves most of the time. Yeah. Maybe so. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like there are definitely spiritual phenomenon that are separate from how you act. I mean, you have to be, I feel like the openness is a part of it, but there's some that are just so strong. They, they kind of push through that. Everybody, a lot of people, not everybody. I mean, I know a lot of spiritual people, like people who believe in the spiritual world. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't know if somebody doesn't completely believe in it, if they've had an experience like this, but you'll just be walking home one day or in your room or you enter a new area, especially if you enter someplace you've never been before. And all of a sudden you just get a feeling Yeah, like you yeah. get a, it affects you in some way or another. And a lot of this, you'll hear all these stories about how a lot of those times those feelings pan out. Like, there's a reason you had that feeling. Yeah. And some people have the argument that like if it's for a person, it's just because you notice something off about them and it, that's the way your body, your brain told you yeah. was that kind of aura. Like they, I just felt there was something off about the guy, even yeah. though your brain is in taking a whole bunch of information, whether you're aware of it or not. And it uses that information to inform your, your picture of the world, the way you experience the world. So there's things that you might notice that you might not notice that your brain does and it informs the way that you behave. So I could see that people reading someone's aura, they're like, they're picking up little micro signals on that person and yeah. forming an opinion about them that may seem more than, more than what they perceive. They think of it as more than what they perceive, but it actually is just what they perceive. It's more than what they see with their physical eyes, but they can like kind of sense something about the other person. Well, it is what they see with their physical eyes. It's just stuff that they don't notice, that they don't know that they're seeing. It's micro expressions. Yeah. You you see them and you're like your brain says, This is what that means and you never really grasp it, but you're like, Oh, okay, well, something had to tell me that because I didn't just <clears throat> dream it up one day. Yeah. yeah. As as a small tangent, that's why I don't like our increasingly digital world that separates us because there's so much that's said in body language. Yeah, agreed. Oh, yeah, I agree mm -hmm. completely. Uh, mm -hmm. Unwillingness to talk on the phone, just in, just on yeah, the phone at even least. The cadence of someone's yeah. speech can tell you what what they mean behind the syntax. Yeah, yeah, because like reading yeah. a text message, having a text message con conversation, yeah, voice. you can you interpret what they're saying by how you read it, mm -hmm. and then how you type something back to them. You have a certain interpretation of it, but it might be different the way they interpret it when yeah. they receive it. And, and read language it. is more of an agreed upon contract. Like we all agree that this means this or that means that. Yeah. yeah. And then Whereas, the current society is yeah. language is also always changing. The redefinition of terms is something that I know I've discussed with a lot of people. We've probably discussed it before. One thing that I'll, I've always wanted to do with my with a kid when I have one, and I have a kid now. 
is uh, <laughs> I wanted to tell them that an apple was a banana and a banana was apple. Like, You've talked I, to me about this before. Yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah, and I, I think it's harmless. I don't know, but I just always wanted to do that it's and not, have them grow up with that. Is it that harmless? Not completely harmless. <laughs> yeah, I know it seems <laughs> harmless, but like maybe I just haven't thought about it all That's the way. Self-correcting, or maybe I'm, though. I'm yeah, twisted. Yeah, you hope someone would ruin it at some point. Yeah. Unless you get everybody that person's ever known in on it. It'd be yeah. the longest running joke ever. Yeah. Right? I feel like your daughter is old enough now to where like she's going to some kind of like a preschool and things mm-hmm. like other kids would interact with her and she would say, I got an apple and she's holding a banana. And the other kids would be like, that's a banana. She's yeah. like, no, this is an apple. Your kid would get in a fight. Probably. Yeah, what I'm saying probably with my kid <laughs> <laughs> to get, to get back on top it. Speaking of children, no, yeah. I think I think that's another good another good testament to the possibility of a spiritual world because children get these you, there's lots of stories about children like seeing things in a room or 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 seeing something about somebody that just turns out to be true later that belies something different but they don't have the experience to interpret the signals like we do of body language and voice and everything else yeah. they just mm-hmm. have an instinctual okay, so something about it. I think this points to something that Ray was saying earlier. Um, that I wanted to comment on is our physical eyes and our body. We don't, we have like these spaces where we don't see things. Your vision doesn't actually, your peripheral vision, you're just assuming what you can see most of the time. I think it's about 10% of your visual field and your peripherals is uh, put in by your brain. Cause it's where your optic cord connects to the back of your eye. There's no photo cells right there. Yeah. Whatever they're called. You also block your nose out completely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you notice you kind of, your brain automatically assumes what is there and you build a picture with what you have. So then that's like um, magicians, uh, sleight of hand people, they take advantage of those spaces and those blind spots is what we call them. Yeah. And that's how they're able to work and kind of like, you know, take your watch off your wrist without you knowing or whatever, you know, <clears throat> things like that. They operate in that space. So when, like you said, if you're in a room and in the corner of your eye, you see something move or something shift or you think you do, then it freaks you out. It's like, what was that? So as adults, we understand it's probably nothing because we have more experience in life, but we're still like, you know, freaked out about it. But as kids, they don't have the experience in life yet to understand that that's probably nothing. They're just like, what was that? And that's all they're focused on from that point. Mm-hmm. So I think that's more the code that their brain is generating and a little glitch in the code where that blind spot is. Could be. Something so, like that. so the do body you think, still developing. Do you think like um, where you're born and where you're raised actually has a, a correspondence to it, like how open you are to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because if, if you were never told about anything like a ghost or a demon or a spirit or anything, would you mm-hmm. really know, like if something moved in the corner of your eyes, you'd be like, Oh, that's a bug. I think the human <laughs> yeah, brain I... has a tendency to create reason out of things we don't have reasons for. And I think, to rationalize even if you it. Had, yeah, to rationalize it. So even if you hadn't been introduced to these ideas, you would come to those conclusions on your own because you would need to explain why these unexplainable things were happening around you, basically. Yeah. But then you... Would you actually have anything that was unexplainable? I mean, in your in your field of vision, you would have something move. Okay, that's a bug. That's what your brain would tell you almost all the time. Let's now, it, let's if something flies off the shelf and hits something, 
that's when your brain goes, that's a ghost. <laughs> or a really big bug. Well, let's yeah. go let's go beyond <laughs> peripheral vision, right? Have you ever been sitting alone in your house? Or maybe not alone, but yes. everyone else is asleep, not with you. And in the dark, you could swear. It's not peripheral. It's right in front of you. You can almost see something. A figure. A figure. Almost see something in the dark. I know this has happened to me several oh, times. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's where I'm, that's what I'm saying. I think that the spiritual realm is real and it may manifest itself sometimes. I don't know why. I don't know why it would at certain at certain times and not others. Yeah. I mean, so I guess I think it could be. I guess in your in that situation it's when you're most vulnerable to it. So yeah. if you're alone in your room, nobody else is around, it would be easier for your senses. Yeah, to like yeah. see that to to actually be aware of it. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I think if you, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, cause you're not having to focus on another person being in the room as well and reading their energy and, you know, interacting with that person. You're only worried about what you're doing in the room. So your sense of awareness of everything else going on in the room is higher. I will put in the caveat that the human brain, there's been experiments where the human brain is willing to fill in gaps it, when there's nothing there. Like they've put people mm, in parado- isolation tanks. Pareidolia. I it's think, the yeah. it's seeing faces and things that Ooh, don't have it. Look that yeah. up. I remember some guy <laughs> saw dragons trying that. to eat him. Like they kept him in an isolation tank for long enough, and he started inventing like these vivid hallucinations of dragons like flying around and attacking him. Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons that solitary confinement is so effective in prisons. Is Terrible. that you are just in a little box by yourself, and there's nothing but little walls, maybe a mattress or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you just sit there with your thoughts. You can start imagining all kinds of things. Um, so I looked up pareidolia, per- pareidolia, the tendency to perceive a specific, often meaningful image in a random or ambiguous visual pattern. The scientific explanation for some people is pareidolia, pareidolia or the human ability to see shapes or make pictures out of randomness. Hmm. So I think that can often lead to what we think of as ghost yeah yeah but is that is that somebody trying to explain something like a spiritual phenomenon i guess quote in quotes um out of you know something physical somebody trying to make an explanation for it i i will say for me personally most of my experiences in this regard have been very personal like they haven't informed me to help someone else out they've been part of my personal experience manifesting itself. Yeah. Like something that I've been doing or living my way a certain way. And then that becomes part of whatever I'm experiencing. Like I had night terror when I'm super stressed out. I have actual night terrors mm-hmm. where you wake up, your body's paralyzed and there's someone standing. It's like, they're about to touch your hand and there's just someone standing at the edge of your bed, like some kind of demon or something. <laughs> yeah. It is absolutely horrifying. That sounds it's horrifying. Like, take the experience of having a bug or a roach drop on your chest while you're, like while you're in bed. Also horrifying. Also horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Multiply that times five. <laughs> I wouldn't say ten because that's still. Uh, I've had a roach drop on my chest while I was sleeping. It is absolutely horrifying. But night terrors are pretty bad. But that yeah. only happens in periods of high stress for me. Like I can't stay asleep, and then my brain's trying to figure these problems out, and then it invents this. All of that into one big problem that I have to be awake for and can't move my body. That that brings up a uh, sleep paralysis. I mean, and mm-hmm. people say that they see like something at the edge of their bre- bed and they can't 
they can't move. Good Lord, I can't speak tonight. Yeah, Something I've heard at that the edge story. of the bread. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that story anecdotally a couple times, actually. Like someone being yeah. in their bed and then they They like, can't move. Yeah, I don't know if they said they could actually see it or they just felt like something on top of them pushing them down and couldn't move. And no, they I, said they called out the name I of saw, Jesus. And I saw boom, dark shapes when out. it happened to me. Like yeah. it wasn't like a full fleshed out 3D rendered image, you know. It was just like a huge dark shape with a humanoid figure. Mm-hmm. So I had an ex- experience when I was younger, um, similar, like, uh, I was very sick, but I was, I would call it sleep paralysis, but I was, uh, I don't, I know I wasn't fully awake, but my parents both came into the room. I remember I could see them, but it was like the doorway was really really far away probably like 40 feet away and then my old bedroom where i used to sleep the door was maybe 10 feet away so it was like i was in a long hallway the door was way way on the other side and my parents were really small they were talking to me but i couldn't really hear them i could not move whatsoever Mm. and then i just blacked out again i don't know what that was imagine that feeling but trying to scream Mm. Yeah. No, I couldn't talk. I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. I, yeah. So try. But it try was my parents yeah, as well. Exactly. So try. Yeah. All of that happening, but you're also trying to scream at the same time, and everything's paralyzed, so you yeah. can't. Have you ever had one of those dreams where you're like being chased by something, and then it feels like you're running through water or sand, and you try to scream, and you just can't. Like <laughs> I've had a dream like that. Not I was being chased like that. No. No. I had a dream I've had a lot of dreams chased. where I'm being chased, but. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had one where it was like water or sand that I was yeah. running through. Have we've yeah. all had super vivid nightmares before? Or no, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. What is the one that has marked you? I want. I want to hear. I feel like this ties in with the spiritual realm, to be honest, because I'll share one that really ties into how my experience was with it. But do yeah, you go have first. One in mind or me? Yeah, okay. go ahead. Mine was just like. I, I, obviously, everybody's scared of snakes. Also, I'm Christian, so there's a whole other layer to that. <laughs> But, like, I started having, like, and it was happening in real life, too, at the same time. I had snakes showing up at my doorstep. <laughs> not even kidding. Mm-hmm. Like, two or three times, we had to throw mothballs out there to well, make sure they didn't show up again. Where we live in Louisiana, that's actually fairly I didn't common. Know that. Never happened before, never happened since. That's why. Well, you killed them all, I assume. Yeah, no. <laughs> Don't go by our the neighbor house. did get a cat, which I'm very grateful for. So that might be part of the reason. Oh, the cat killed him. Yeah. Mystery yeah. solved, <laughs> dude. If cats best pest control you can ever get, oh guaranteed. yeah, definitely. just don't feed them. <laughs> just don't feed them. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean it, it makes them. <laughs> it makes them, them less feral. Get another one. <laughs> it, it helps, but it's really a scent thing. Like they smell the cat and they don't come around. It's yeah. not necessarily the cat's a good hunter. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Um, but they are. Yeah, and but PETA is not going to like your comment, Ram. I'm sorry. So not that going to listen Look, to this. I, but. I love animals. I wouldn't ever say not to feed anything. But if you want it to kill stuff around your house, it's most of the time better not to feed it. It makes it hunt more for a, itself. A yeah. fair point, though, is you are much more of a dog person than a cat person. True. So might be a little animosity there. But anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah, so to continue with the story, um, some stuff was going on in my life at that point where I wasn't really like, not necessarily being evil or anything like that, but I wasn't being very cautious with how I live my life. You were being bad by your own account. Yeah. Um, so like it's the nightmare started with like a cow chewing cud. I don't know why, but it's like, it was like right in my face. <laughs> oh, oh, like what? every a a cow, cow chewing, chewing cud, cud right in my face. Oh, like cow chewing cud. That really disgusting, like wet nostril 
and grass and Ooh. slime and everything going on right in front of my face. And then it transformed into like these snakes that were just snapping like inches from my face. Right. Jeez. Mm. Yeah. That's so terrifying. It was a confluence of having that dream and the things happening, yeah. happening in real life. Like these snakes showing up at my doorstep only for me, not any of my family, yeah. just for me. So even if there is a natural explanation to all that, I still think that all that, all, all that stuff coming together is the spiritual world kind of tugging at you this way or that way, whatever. Yeah. Like I, it is I your feel purposes. like it's all interconnected. I feel like there's both of, that's why I feel like the spiritual world is more like a bacteria that kind of is everywhere and coalesces. You just can't really see moments. it. So yeah, it co- it, like your whatever you're doing is going to be most likely what you experience spiritually. All right, mm-hmm. that's why people are like, oh, I saw my grandma or my dad. They don't, they're not like, oh yeah, I saw some dude's grandfather walking across the street the other day. I don't know the guy, but you know he was there. Nobody says that, you know. They're always mm-hmm. like, I saw my grandfather, I saw my grandmother, you know. Yeah. So what would be something? Well, so piggybacking off of yours, <clears throat> okay, mine actually ahead. is the same thing. It kind of like I had a dream where. I literally had a snake crawl in my bed and I could feel it on my leg. I woke up so scared that I threw the blankets off and like stripped my bed like to make sure <laughs> that there was nothing in my bed. Yeah. And it was like it was so vivid, though, that you were like, there has to be something here. Yeah. And it's yeah. like and those are those scarring ones is when you wake up and you're like, oh, my God, there's something here. I yeah. have to find it. And then you're like, <laughs> you can't go back to sleep forever. God, but did, you, terrible. did you know? Did, did you wake up with like a certainty and a knowledge of oh, why you had that dream? I had no idea why I had that dream. Okay. See, I woke up with a certainty. Like, this is why this is happening to me right now. I know exactly what I'm doing and how to stop this. Mm. Like, did was, it work? Um, sort of. Sort of. Yeah. I didn't immediately stop. <laughs> it, it took, a, it took but, a couple tries. But when that, it was the when, when it stopped, that's when, that's when the dream stopped and the snake stopped showing up at my door. So, I mean, yeah. maybe it's all coincidence, but it was all very convincing. Yeah. Well, Sorry. Sorry, Cameron. I kind of yeah. stepped on yours, but you can go next. Oh, uh, mine. I don't even think it's my dream specifically, but I've mentioned before that I'm terrified of spiders. And it was uh, not long after me and Ashley got married and I was just laying in bed and she, she was asleep. Uh, I was probably on my phone or something. And she just, she starts saying, Cameron, Cameron, there's a big white spider up there. And I was like, what What are you talking about? She said, there's a big white spider in the top corner of the room over there. I'm looking, I can't see anything. And she just keeps on like, Cameron, there's a big white spider over there. And she was dead asleep the whole time. I was just Mm. like, are you asleep? You asleep? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I, I kind of like jolted her, and she woke up, and I told her about it. And she was like, I don't know. I th- I th- I, she's like, I did see one up there, but she was dreaming, and that was terrifying enough for me to mark it in my memory yeah. forever. Huh? Because I could just imagine a big white spider up in the corner of the room now. Yeah. <laughs> every time you look in that yeah, corner, every you're time just it's like, dark oh. and I'm laying in bed, like I have to not look up at the corner of the room because I'll just it will start to materialize. So. So, and then, you know, when you think about it, if you're like, okay, I can't look up in that corner, then you automatically, you're picturing it still in your head probably, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So what if there was one there? So <laughs> better. Well, he didn't die. It's so. better to look and confirm that it's not there. Yeah. Than to have it in your mind that it might be there. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I will say. Oblivious. That the, oh, what was I going to say? I never had nightmares. And Ignorance I never was place. scared of the dark until I read a comic book of Dracula, the original story. <laughs> oh, man. I like. Gotcha. 
I don't know what it was. It wasn't even that graphic, but I like I felt that it was like something about it. It was like I was so bad, even though my parents wouldn't have cared. I like hid it from my parents, the book, you know. <laughs> and I don't know what it was, but it's I've been ever since then. I've been had the ability to have nightmares. Before then, I never had a nightmare. Huh. <laughs> it unlocked the gate. That's just a segue. Yeah. Like you're talking about looking and not looking. Like mm-hmm. before then, I never like when I wake up at night, I would just close my eyes again and go back. After that, I would like. Oh, is that a coat rack in the corner? Do I? <laughs> I and then you're just sitting there for like five minutes, like trying to focus on it in the dark. You're like, is it moving? It's not moving. Is it? No, I think it moved. No, it didn't move. The funny thing <laughs> is your brain can make it move. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Gareth, go ahead. Okay, so I've got two. I'm not trying to like take up more time, you know, anything, but you know. I got, a second, <laughs> I got a second one. I got a second one. Okay, you're king. Good, good. Okay, so one was when I was a very small child like a baby is one of the only memories i have of when i was a uh, baby like before i was like pre-toddler that's very young so i remember uh it was basically it was the whole background of everything i could see was like a reddish orange just like fire uh being in a fire basically and uh all of the looney tunes characters were chasing me and they all had razor sharp (laughs) teeth even daffy duck (laughs) <laughs> so a duck with razor sharp teeth and they were all chasing me i've had and this dream you had that same dream not the same exact one but you remember the heart-shaped looney tune yeah uh, the big furry one yeah, yeah, yeah i yeah. had he was chasing <laughs> me through a gladiatorial arena trying to kill me that's, that's actually a, that's a episode that that's he was it, that's in. A, i had that dream but he was literally out to murder me it wasn't like a joke in <laughs> well the dream. he was like ha 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 no yeah. it, was. it wasn't a joke in his mind in the actual <laughs> movies either but no, that's wild. Yeah, so it was all of the Looney Tunes. They were all chasing me. I I woke up uh, screaming. Obviously, I was a baby, mm. but you know. <laughs> so then the other one was I was uh, I think I was like maybe nine. Then one of my friends had just got one of the new Spider Man video games on his PlayStation One. Oh, so know. this is the dating where it was at. I so, had that one. Yeah, me too. So I played it for probably. I would say close to seven or eight hours straight. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably probably not that long, but it felt like that long. I'm sure my parents would agree. Um, and so that night I woke up from this nightmare where I was on a level as Spider-Man and it was just this never ending level. I could not beat it and I couldn't get away from it. I wasn't dying, but I was being chased by all of the bad people in the, that level and I couldn't get past it. Like it was my, I woke up, I think my mom was shaking me or she was in the bed. Like, what is going on? What is wrong with you? So for some reason, those stuck. I, love, I still get that question. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> he doesn't even have to be asleep. He just walks in. Does your mom show up yeah, and it's like, what is wrong with you? Wrong like, with you sorry. awake? <laughs> Something strange about the two dreams that the nightmares that really marked you. Every one of us, it was something that was like animalistic and elemental. Terrifying. Yeah, something base of a base kind of instinct of fear. And yours were both based in popular culture: the Looney Tunes (laughs) and Spider Man. Yeah, and they were both being chased by like something. It was weird. Yeah, like I guess that's a psychological thing. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. I mean, do you have a fear of being chased by a horde of angry creatures? Are you like Frankenstein? 
No, I don't think so, at least. We'll see. I mean, I guess if they were chasing <laughs> after you with pitchforks and, you know, fire, it would, yeah, I'd run too. Yeah. I don't so, know. I am more wary of Cameron now that I know his favorite superhero is Spider-Man. <laughs> and he's got a dream about Spider-Man. And yeah. Like, Cameron was the cause Spiders. of that dream. Yeah. You just no, dreamed I'm, it too early. <laughs> Some kind of voodoo. Yeah. So say, say someone dies. Do you think, say someone dies in their house. Do you think that their ghost could inhabit that house for any reason? Do you think it's happened before? Or do you think it's all... Hogwash. I Malarkey. Think, I think that emotions leave a mark on the world. I don't think that that person's actual ghost and identity will haunt that house, but I think it's entirely possible to have like an emotional mark on the house. I, I think it's more of like a remnant thing. Like it's you've you went through a routine for so long that almost like even after death, I think it's kind of like some of your things live on. So like, so your spirit bleeds onto the things that you're next to. Yeah, especially so to especially in a house. I mean, because that's where you feel you're most comfortable. That's where you feel your most pardoned it, where you at spend home. Spend most of your time. Yeah, yeah. So my thing is okay. So who is the person that says that they can see that person, like their ghost or their uh, apparition or whatever? It's the person that's in the house, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Those are the only people that say, oh their spirit is still here. So that person is most likely very close to that individual that passed away. So it could be just that person reminiscing about the person who passed away and like seeing things like seeing something in the house, like you were saying, like maybe a picture of that person or like a, uh, if they had a, like say a football that they got for going to a game or something like that. And, uh, it's there's a memory attached to it and it's related in that person's mind who is seeing the passed away individual. So it could be something like that. It's relational. Like they're remembering that person by looking at the things and then they're like, Oh, I can feel it. And they're still here or I can see them, you know, because yeah. in their mind they are. And, and my sister was always like, I guess more attuned if mm-hmm. you want to call it that. And she she lived with an old lady that passed away and she found the body. She had to walk in on it and it was, I mean, it was a scarring experience for her. Oh, wow. And yeah. then afterwards, she said she really like, sometimes she would go into the house and the old lady would be like standing in the kitchen. Mm. And it's like, and that's just weird because it's like, if you know my sister, it's not like her to make up stuff like that. Right. And yeah. it's like, it, it just seemed weird to me that she, she saw it and maybe it was because her mind was trying to cope with it. Maybe so. So I, when she got home, you know, there's no telling how many times that she walked in and the lady before she passed away was actually standing there in the kitchen. Yeah. So it could be just yeah, and it was her like, subconsciously trying to cope and, with it. And then she was like, it was the lady passed away. And right. it's like, and that's the last memory you have of that lady. Like, and yeah, and that's what would bring it up. And it was like, Oh God, like that's, that's what you see. And it's like, and your mind tries to cope with like, I walked in on this. In the same place, and it's like it's trying to push past it, I guess. I guess it's a coping mechanism in my... could be, yeah. I think you can extrapolate that point out to the entire world, to where how much of the world are we seeing for what it is, and how much of it are we seeing because that's what what we want to see, so our minds make it so. Yeah, 
And that's what our really. subconscious wants to see or I, I I still believe what is real. I've, I we I mean, <laughs> I think it's a universal experience to be able to walk into some place that you've never been before and to get an impression about that place. And it could be completely identical to some place you've been before, but your impression is totally different because I think that energy permeates its environment. Like yeah, you can feel sure. the difference of of two different places. I've been to two different churches similar buildup, everything else, haven't met anybody there, and you have two totally different feelings when you walk into each of them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, going on that, though, is that a spiritual thing or is that a ghost thing? Well, I'm, I think... I think we've related, conflated the two yeah. versus ghosts. I think they're kind of... That's what I'm Who saying. I don't believe... <laughs> I don't really believe in ghosts. I believe in, a, in the spiritual element but i don't believe in ghost as in like a person or a soul can be lost or wandering around or is connected that, or anchored to a place is that how you would differentiate between spirits and ghosts that a spirit would be like just some kind of otherworldly entity and a ghost would be connected to a person yes or yeah a, place. a ghost i would think a ghost is connect is a person is a soul yeah so this and, is kind of getting at Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, it's fine. No, this is kind of getting at one of the things that I was hoping to bring up was in our human bodies, like who we are is not necessarily just based on our physical being. There definitely is something more to us than meets the eye. <laughs> Sorry. Transformer uh, quote. No, yeah, but, there uh, really is a kind wrong of one. Wrong one, my spark. <laughs> yeah, right. No, he was playing the cricket one. Yeah. No, no, I meant to do that. Nope. Just quit. Okay. Just, okay. Never mind. And, and Never that mind is everybody. nearly every Sorry. button that we have. Yeah. <laughs> Just went through all the sound I, effects. I apologize. No, <laughs> no but uh, it was a dumb joke. It warranted the crickets. <laughs> no, um, but there really is, to get back on topic, There, um, there's more to us than just what we see of our, each other. Or like when we look in a mirror, there's more to us because, you know, our conscience or like our who we are is how do we relate with one another? How do we have our own thoughts? What makes us us is our thoughts, who we are on the inside, you know? Would you call it our spirit to be like the aggregate of everything that we are, body, mind, soul? So our soul, I would think, is what's on the inside of us, who we are, like our thoughts, basically, at the base level, is our soul, our thoughts, what Mm -hmm. we think about, the ideas we have, um, the immaterial matter that makes us up. Right. That's a good way to explain it. I was trying. <laughs> Thanks for tying a bow on that. So, man, I lost where I was Dig going. Lost it. <laughs> lost, completely lost where I was going. What about that. this? In the Bible, when I think King Saul was chasing David around, but he was on a hiatus from that because he Israel got attacked by someone else. He went, oh, and also Samuel, the prophet, had been dead for a a while now. That's the one who anointed Saul as king. Um, He didn't know what to do, and he he wanted advice, so he went to a medium and asked her to bring back the spirit of Saul, and she was successful, and she did it. He got in trouble for doing it because Saul was mad that he did it. I forgot all the ins and outs of it, but my point— Samuel was mad uh, Samuel, soul. Yeah, I'm sorry. Samuel was mad about it. But my point is that that was an immaterial soul that was directly connected to a human, a being. See, and that's yeah. where it becomes like a weird thing is like 
mediums do exist and it's been proven that they can successfully identify stuff and you're like there has to be well, something in all. their ear yeah. you know and it's like but is yeah. that is that a spiritual thing like an angel or a demon more than it is a human because technically in that case Samuel was very close to God so for him to come back as a hypothetical angel wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't it's not an angel it would just be the spirit of Samuel yeah. angels are totally different in the Bible yeah I mean class yeah. Of being. I, I guess like yeah, true. So I'm going to push back on the medium thing because on them being able to summon spirits or whatever like that because they are I mean, hitting the, points or whatever. The majority they is ask yeah. very vague questions and get you. It's kind of like a magician, like reading your mind or whatever. Yeah, it's the same it's thing targeted as guessing brain. in yeah. a lot of ways. Mm, yeah. But I'm not going to say that they're completely off off either because I do believe in a spiritual dimension or realm or whatever we want to call it. So, and I mean, but could it be demons like, are kind of known as tricksters? So, in my case, if if anything's haunting a house, it's a demon. <laughs> in my, I mean, because it's like it's demonic. Yeah, they never it, say it's like a nice ghost. Yeah, like I've never heard like, oh yeah, your your uncle John is here and he's he's really nice. He just likes to chill out around the house. I don't. I don't <laughs> like, I've heard it. I've heard mm, people be like, man, sometimes but, I'm sitting in the living room and I just feel the warm. Okay, but that's presence. that's most of the yeah. time what Gareth was talking about. It's like a memory that you had with this person. Yeah, it's never. I walked into the house and Uncle John was sitting on the counter. You know, like <laughs> I don't know Uncle John. I don't care. You know, like yeah. so. But if you walk into a house and it's literally like, I feel something negative in this house. Yeah. yeah. Most of the time, it's it's more of a demonic thing than a than mm. it would be a ghost. So, mm. I think the real question here is not if you believe in a spiritual something but if you believe that that spiritual realm has its own agency mm. like can it make its own decisions mm-hmm. have its own plans i think so yeah 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 i believe I so. so yeah and then like there's another weird thing that i've heard is that dimensions are stacked on top of each other based on wavelength <laughs> and it's a weird <laughs> Perfect. It, it's a weird thing like where whenever the wavelengths align you can see stuff from the other dimension okay yeah and technically if that's a point of fact it, it would be a weird thing to say that that's that's not what you're seeing because every once in a while the wavelengths would technically collide yeah no. they would align Though it is a nice explanation, it would be so improbable that you would be next to a dimension that is so close well, they're, to they're yours. stacked, though, is what it says. It's stacked on top of each other. It's just based on your wavelength. So you're saying a wavelength that is as similar to yours would be a world that is as similar to yours so that you could see Uncle John if he was sitting on the counter. Yes. Mm. Yeah. It's an interesting explanation. What about this? A lot of the time in horror movies, the ghost in the house... In a haunted house movie, the ghost in the house has a reason that they're there and they need to be broken. They're, uh, how do you put it? It's the tie, like, to yeah, the house. Or there, there's something that they have to do in order to be business. free to there enter the next. There is a specific curse. Yeah, yeah, and they have to have somebody do this, unlock this, yada, 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 in order to break free into the next dimension. And, and yeah. So what do you think about that? 
I feel like it's a lot of hogwash. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, so, I mean, to have a like a curse or something that's put on somebody and they have to have some kind of like, oh, you have to have this ritual that does this thing and you sacrifice this kind of animal at this yeah. hour. It's kind of like, okay, that's a lot of convoluted crap that I think you just came up with on the spot right there. <laughs> what <laughs> if it's something stop? Like, <laughs> like this little boy was murdered in this house and he can't be freed from it until his murderer is found and brought to justice or yada, yada, yada. See, and I think that's a restless ghost kind of thing. That's more of a, it, it could almost be more plausible because you have unfinished business. Yeah. Unfinished business. That's something interesting. Like there was a, uh, I think it was a little boy had to have a heart transplant and he got his heart, uh, from a little girl that was raped and murdered, unfortunately. And, uh, he started having like dreams about the little girl's rape and her like the guy actually raping her and murdering her and they actually caught the guy he confessed to it they booked him in jail or whatever they caught the guy because the little boy was having dreams and stuff about the little girl which was very odd how do you explain that what is that yeah Mm. i still stand by i feel like everything is an elemental thing where emotion marks everything and he had that girl's heart right yeah the emotion and the trauma that she went through marked that part of her. And I mean, I especially yeah. like usually when a haunting happens, it's usually when something. What's the word that you uh, like? It, it induces rage. Yeah. And that's why the spirit sticks around is because it's a vengeful spirit. Yeah. It's usually known as it's not nice most of the time because it's not like you died and just like in your sleep. They usually had like a murder or something in the something house. Something traumatic. There Isn't that is. what happened to Casper? I don't know what happened to Casper. To be honest with <laughs> I you. don't know. I thought he, he got so hit by a car. I thought he was like a little boy that got killed in that house that Christina Ritchie moved into. <laughs> <laughs> she had to, I don't all, know. I haven't seen I that movie in a while. All I know is that he had a bow tie. Okay? I remember he was a friendly <laughs> ghost. I remember. How much must you be emotionally attached to your bow tie for it to follow you to exactly. the afterlife? You gotta really love that bow tie. Or you're a child and there's something very special about that specific bow tie to you. Links the murderer. Well, maybe. So Mm -hmm. the dimensions stacked on top of each other thing uh, is interesting to me because I think um, I have an interesting theory, I guess. It's not really a theory. It's just a hypothesis about the spiritual dimension and that uh, the way that humans interact with the spiritual realm or dimension is in our minds and it's due to the effects of certain chemicals interacting with one another because that would help explain how someone who does some type of a psychedelic drug inducing those chemicals into their brain like DMT, which is naturally produced in the body. It's just a heightened dosage of it, basically inducing it into your body. They have a super like a not supernatural, but I guess a psychedelic experience and they see things and they, there's a lot of people who have said that they have had an experience while taking psychedelic drugs that are very similar to one another. Like the experiences from a lot of different people. I think there's this female spirit that they all see. 
Yeah, they all see goddess or whatever. Some or, kind of a similar individual, yeah. and they have conversations with multiple <clears throat> individuals, and that are and all they're very similar stories. So, you know, I, I think that the human body interacts with the spiritual dimension in a way that our the chemicals in our brain can align, like to where it opens up like our vision of the spiritual dimension. So kind of like those wavelengths interacting with one another. Do you think that drugs like natural drugs, like weed, mushrooms, ayahuasca, DMT, not stuff like cocaine or meth or stuff like that. (laughs) What (laughs) what constitutes natural grows naturally from the earth or is produced by the earth and not man-made like man-made would be taking those same, that same stuff and like, Processing it, it, yeah, well, like doing some kind of process to it, stuff that's naturally produced. Do you think it opens someone's mind up to the spiritual realm or their being or their? That's kind of what I was saying. Yeah, I, I would think so. They, they, it can, it's more easily accessible, or they become more attuned to it somehow. I Maybe. can see it. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. I do believe. I firmly stand by the. F- fact that I think that all drugs, like you said, well, you didn't say it exactly like this, but this is the way that I feel about it is that all drugs basically just take something that is already a natural process of the body that can be achieved without drugs mm-hmm. and just give a shortcut to that. Sure. Yeah. Most of the time with cons attached. I mean, people have arguments about that, but most of the time, like mm-hmm. it would be better if it were achieved naturally, but you take the shortcut of taking the drug and you get there. Yeah. But you still think that those that those substances and open the door, kind of. It just it's a shortcut. To I have the door. a hard time believing it because I've known many people who've taken drugs and have quote unquote religious experiences that haven't affected their life in any way. Well, what but in, in that, that same case, affected their life. In that same respect, though, there's people yeah. that have gone to church and had a quote unquote religious experience at church, and I it feel hasn't like that's affected the their life either. I feel like that's the natural part, though, and that's. It's hard it's hard to tell because yeah. I've never had that experience with drugs. Yeah. I've never taken drugs to get there. No. But I've had similar experiences to people that I know that have taken drugs. Yeah. <laughs> so when they describe when they describe their experience, I I feel the same weightlessness, the same seeing things and all that other kind of stuff. I've I've had those same experiences just not by taking the drug. So I haven't been on the but, opposite side of it. But is that because you hit a euphoria level or a a level of heightened senses and that's where you, you hit this beyond our dimension level? So this is... Uh, I, no, go ahead. I was going to say that... I was going to talk about it before to where there's there can be a point where, where you're praying or meditating. Uh, why, why did I forget? No, <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of what Ray was saying that made me think about it. You were saying, oh no, you, you were saying that you can see something down the hall in the dark when it's, like, you're by yourself, you're alone. Yeah. You're just sitting there and you see something. I think there's a state you can get to when you pray, when you meditate, or it's just like everything else kind of goes away. Even in meditation, it's better to sit by yourself in the, in the quiet because you can focus on whatever you need to focus on. If you're meditating, it's your breath or whatever style of meditation you're doing. And if you're praying, it's God. So you're trying to tune everything else out. 
You're trying to come to the state of equilibrium in yourself and your surroundings to where you can open yourself up to that experience. Yeah. So what, what I was saying, like that would support kind of what I was saying about the, the brain function it being our interaction with a spiritual dimension, because when you're focused in on something very intently, your brain waves operate like your brain operates differently. And there's certain things that your brain does that it doesn't normally do when you're focused on a bunch of different things at the same time. When you're specifically focused in on one thing very intently, your brain operates a little differently. So, and like you were saying, Nathan, about the shortcuts thing, uh, the drugs being a shortcut to an experience that could happen naturally and that does happen naturally, that ties into what I was saying as well. And I think that's actually the main thing that the church, quote unquote, should have against drugs is that it could be a shortcut to the spiritual realm. Not and everyone's ready for that. <laughs> yeah. You, you well, like the not understanding even that. or the openness that you would require for that moment? Well, it, it's more of like the... It's more of the principle behind it because the, the Bible does teach like perseverance and being willing to do the hard work to get to where you need to go to work on yourself and to really struggle. That struggle is very important for resilience, building resilience in your own self. And the Bible teaches that. And so trying to achieve a spiritual experience by using a drug or some kind of a shortcut is detrimental to that. It's easier the easy way out is not I really view it good. I view it as someone who's like lifting, say, 200 pounds for the first time to someone who's worked to get there. Like, yeah. you can find a shortcut to lift that 200 pounds if you don't have the muscles because you haven't done any of the work. But you better hope that whatever shortcut you took can do all of the work for you all the way back down. <laughs> right. Well, I guess what I think about in that situation is if you, if you subscribe to this theory that there's a good side of it, there's a bad side of it as well. So if you take drugs, when you open yourself up as a normal person and you haven't been praying through it and everything or meditating, or meditating, you actually open yourself up to being attacked by the, the thing that, you open the door to. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, cause when you open the door to the spiritual dimension or realm or whatever, you're opening up the door to all of it. Yeah. And like we were saying, you know, if there's good spirits and bad spirits, you're opening up the door to everything. So you gotta be very careful what you're And it's doing. like, that's, that's Your the intent. spirit of discerning. Especially, I mean, cause even the good spirits can be bad. Like you, it, you have to discern that you have to. And that's why they say pray through it and, that's where that comes in. So it's like you thought you were talking to a good spirit in some cases. And if DMT or something was used to get there, what's to say that wasn't bad? Yeah. Or yeah. I mean, Satan is known as a deceiver, right? Yeah. Comes cloaked in light. So possibly you could be talking to evils or sometimes you can have a good thing at the wrong time. Yes. Agreed completely. Mm -hmm. So And then like the drugs, taking the shortcut, some of those drugs can be addictive. And if you, especially if you have a very addictive personality, like, and, uh, you know, the side effects of that is, you know, your body naturally produces these chemicals. So, but it only produces a certain amount, right? Yeah. When you're taking a drug, you're artificially boosting that chemical exponentially, so your body's not ready for that. So it has to try to recover from that. 
but then it's such a good experience. Your body's like, well, I want more of that. I want that again. And scientific research has actually proven that if you, you know, supplement certain chemicals within your body, your body naturally is like, oh, well, it's, I'm just getting these chemicals anyway. Your body starts to produce less and less of it naturally. So you become more and more mm-hmm. dependent upon taking those medications to and, have those same results. And it takes more of a of a dose to get there. And exactly. that's why you get the, the people who are like, literally, they have to do it every day or sometimes just how much they have to to do it, it, it just right. becomes... This isn't a psychedelic drug, but I remember hearing about when they were testing out some uh, for forms of Oxy. There was one guy taking like 40 pills a day. His yeah. tolerance was so high. Nice. Good God. Yeah, like, it, you nice. can get way up there. Yeah. So, and I think that's a byproduct of like the... When your body starts producing less and less of the naturally occurring chemicals, you have to take more and more of it to reach that same point, that same level. Yeah, and you and you always want to have the same like high that you got, and sometimes it even like you you hit the same level, but you're like, man, I could go above this. So you keep pushing that limit, and it's like, where does the limit stop? Well, then your body also, as humans, we are naturally unsatisfied. We always want bigger and bigger, more and more and more. We crave greed is naturally a part of our bodies, our human uh, makeup. Yeah. We always want more, bigger, better, faster, stronger. You know the Daft Punk song. Yeah, I remember. I remember <laughs> talking to one guy. He was almost sixty years old, and he told me, "Well, he was telling a group of people, but he told us like every time after the first time he took it, like, and he's like nearly sixty. After the first time he took it, he was hoping to feel like the very first time he took it, and it yeah. never hit that same high. Mm. Well, that's also something that." Um, your body, the chemicals that are released in your body, there's other chemicals that get released as well. Like, um, what's the big one that gets released? Uh, dopamine. Yeah. 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 So your body has built up a storage bank over your entire life until the first time it's released basically. So then once that one massive buildup is released, you have to go at least that long again before it's released to have that same high. But, you know, you're not going to wait that long, most <laughs> oh, likely. Yeah. <laughs> so it, the first experience is always going to be the best high, in quotes, that you're going to have. Because you're most likely not going to wait that long again so, to try to get high. To tie this back on topic a little bit, do you feel yeah. it's the same with spiritual experiences? That's do a good question. Do you feel like the first real, like... Mm. we've all seen new converts to it doesn't not even religiously just to anything like to hobbies or anything else. Like the people who are new are so much more entwined with it. So much more passionate about it than the people who are not new. See, I've been in church since I've been born and I've seen people come in and be completely on fire for God in the beginning. And then that fire just kind of fizzles out and they're just like, every other church member in there but then there's other people that uh they come in and they're on fire for god and then they stay on fire for god and like there's a sister i know from back home in california sister yvette brown like to this day i know that she's still like running and jumping (laughs) and singing every sunday yeah I don't know. I feel like the same a crazy way. person. <laughs> I feel like you know how people She's say you favorite. go to you go to the gym or something like that. You get that euphoria from from working out yeah. and doing a good job there. 
I've seen a lot of people start and get that and say they feel that high of mm-hmm. doing all that. And then like six months in, they've already like, this is dumb. And they've already stopped, you <laughs> Man, know, because they don't feel the same way by that. At that point, it doesn't feel the same way. It's yeah, just like yeah. every day. I have started a new like goal in the gym so many times and just completely <laughs> ended it. Not long after beginning it. But like it feels good getting times, that goal set though. Yeah. First yeah. few times you go, right? If it's, especially yeah. if it's been a while and you take it light, not necessarily you're trying to go as hard as you can right at the beginning, but just a little bit to like lubricate your joints and get the blood pump and everything. You feel really good when you come home from that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then three months down the line, you're not getting that same feeling anymore. It doesn't yeah. happen. Well, you're you just always feel tired. You're always going to have the, you're always going to be more excited, the most excited about doing something new at the very beginning of it. Yeah. You know, the more you do of that thing, the less excited you're going to be because it becomes more normalized to you and it becomes less fun. It's and, a known quantity at that point. Yeah. But you don't feel like that translates to spiritual. It could. To something, a spiritual experience. It well, I, I think, think it, that depends on the spirit. I think it depends on the person. True. I, I think it could it's be possible. like based on how you're entered into it as well. Cause if you're entered into it as a child, like you don't really remember your first time technically. I mean, yeah. you kind of do. Mm. Stop. Okay. Well, we're talking. <laughs> I remember my first time. I just, I just want to clarify, like we're, Jesus. sorry, we're talking like all these experiences are good experiences, but mark like, that. cut that out. Sorry. Any kind of revelatory experience, anything that is, that is feels you feel like is inspired by a spiritual purpose, not necessarily for your betterment, but just like you're sitting in your house and suddenly you realize everything, there's something wrong in here and I've got to fix my life so it doesn't feel this way anymore. That kind of spiritual revelation. Mm-hmm. Do you continue, if you continue to have those kind of revelations, does it become come to a point where it's just like, what is this anymore? Like it well, means nothing to you anymore. I think it depends on how often you have that experience as well because like if you have it every day then no you'd be like i'm bored of this this is crap would you feel like it's a spiritual experience at that point because no, it like would be a spiritual experiences are equated with euphoria not to be too uh controversial but i would see like a a turning point moment at church like receiving the holy ghost moment kind of like a snort of cocaine and you keep it <laughs> yeah. and you keeping that relationship open and open and open and open like throughout your life or throughout the 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 years following is like meditating for hours on end to achieve that high. You know, like you were saying yeah. before, like there's a door that there's a shortcut and there's a long way around. Like I think the opening when you first get the Holy Ghost is like that shortcut. And then to keep that fire burning is like taking the long way, meditating prayer. I do feel like a fire is a good way to put it. Yeah. It's just, you're supposed to keep the fire warm and people are looking at drugs and everything else to like, just get that short burst of gasoline and the fire goes out afterwards and they got to restart it up. Mm-hmm. But well, that's to like, do it the slow way is you keep a, a slow burning fire and the warmth stays and it may not be as exciting, but the warmth is still there as you go along that journey. Yeah. That's like when you're building a fire, you're supposed to use diesel fuel yeah. because it burns way longer mm-hmm. and slower. You're not supposed to use high octane gasoline because it just, burns out really fast and you're supposed to light some smaller sticks and make them light some little bit bigger sticks and then light the big logs and then you can get a good fire going that'll last a long time. 
but yeah. you still have to pay attention to it and add more wood to the fire or it will burn out. So do you think that this meditation and prayer is necessary to experience the spiritual world? No. I don't think it's necessary, but I think it's necessary to continually have productive interactions with the spiritual world. I think the spiritual world can be accessed through drugs. Yeah. Do you think you need either to access the spiritual world? What do you mean by either? Prayer or meditation? Like how do how do people have these these spiritual experiences where they see ghosts or they feel the presence in their and house? They themselves or, are not necessarily spiritual. And they themselves are not necessarily spiritual or they're not on drugs. I think so. Uh, sorry. No, no, please. No. Uh, so that points back to like what I was kind of thinking, my hypothesis of the certain chemicals causing you to have an interaction, certain chemicals in your brain aligning a certain way to where you have an interaction with the spiritual realm because, you know, anybody can have that happen at any moment. And you're, that person's chemicals in their brain and their body can align in a certain way to where you can have interaction with a spiritual dimension or whatever. Your eyes can be opened up to it for, you know, the metaphor. But uh, you don't necessarily have to be intentionally spiritual person or doing any kind of drugs. Just your everyday person can still have that kind of an experience. I think that also leads credence to that. Do well, you, what do you think, Greg? Go ahead. Do you believe that spirituality and spirits though can affect areas. I think we've kind of gotten away from it, but we've been talking about spirituality in general and how it's experienced and if we believe in ghosts, but do you feel like places can have a spiritual presence? In the Bible, the spirit of God was in the temple, in the tent. Like say, is that a spirit technically? I mean, or is that an, is that a place having a spirit or is that a, is that an Mm. entity in the, building does that make sense yeah well, so um, so it's like as a building i don't think anything is ornately like given to it i think i think it's possible to imbue that though because i mean the world over time immemorial there have been places of power within every civilization places that you go that have a special reverence yeah. and meaning to it but is that because of a spirit coming to inhabit it or is that because so. of the building itself or is that because of the individual inviting that spirit also I think it's, into the... I think, well, that goes back to me feeling like everything spiritual is is more of an emotion that's been imparted to that, that's been affected by something that's passed through it. Like the old <clears throat> stories about, you know, pre-colonial times where, you know, there's these wicked woods. Don't go through the woods. There's, yeah. there's evil in the woods and nobody knows why, but... Also, a witch the lives Babadook. there. Yeah, the Babadook. <laughs> like, I feel like as more as people are able to impart things, like if you are op- your openness, not only invites things in, but it, it it also expels. It also pushes to the things around you and marks the things around you. What you're trying to put yeah. out there. I think yeah. a spirit can be tied to a locate. I think a spirit's presence can be. F- felt more at a certain location in the same way like you can find out more about me by going to my house than you can by looking in my locker at work yeah, yeah that's a good point so you think that it's a it's a dwelling thing like it stays there longer yeah. so it i think their spirit juice can get stuck <laughs> on stuff <laughs> wherever they are i think that was a good way to put it i think spirits spirituality is a dwelling thing 
Yeah. Yeah. It's it's connected worldwide, but most 80% of what you hear about is something that has been tied to a place. Yeah, like or, a person, or a person or a person or a thing. Or, yeah. yeah. It's tied to something. Pretty See, much every scary or horror film is out of, is based out of location. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. or like possession of a person. Yeah. Yeah. Or your, your father's pocket watch or, you know, yeah. certain yeah. items and like nobody spirit juice, not, not nobody, but a lot, <laughs> a lot of people don't. The only thing that we really collectively believe that is omnipotent are the gods, not necessarily the angels or the demons, even the angels and the demons. We, we feel our location based. Like the only thing that transcends location are the actual creators themselves and the different religions. And yeah. 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 So yeah. going back to what you said earlier, why is a non-spiritual person can see a spiritual interaction is because, I mean, that goes back to the openness of it. If somebody thinks that they can have a, like if you completely wall off yourself to like, I'll never have a spiritual interaction you won't but if you're very open to it even if you aren't spiritual or any of that like you can have a spiritual interaction at any time i yeah. think that even if they do wall themselves off to it it could happen it's less likely Let, but i think it still could happen because that spiritual realm is more they they can control our realm more than we can control theirs. Maybe control is the wrong word. They can influence they can our realm. Influence, yeah. More than we influence theirs. Yeah. I guess, yeah. So, are we good with where we got in this episode? I mean, just as spirituality is vague, I believe this episode was very, <laughs> very vague. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, too. But I think we're... We're about where we could uh, wrap it up. So let's uh, let's go ahead and end it here. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you uh, enjoyed it. I uh, hope we didn't, you know, confuse anybody too much. We kind of confused ourselves there a few times. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Cameron's got his quote. Dang it, I always forget. I'm sorry, Cameron. <laughs> My name is actually Dogface. Oh no, Carface. 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 That's Car right. Face. Brother Carface. Carface. <laughs> uh, today's quote comes from Mark Twain. It's heaven goes by favor. If it went by merit, you would stay out and your dog would go in. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, say that again. Heaven goes by favor because if it went by merit, you would stay out. And your dog would go in. Yeah. Is that the basis of all dogs go to heaven? Yeah, I think yeah, it might be. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Every time I see my dog, she's like always excited to see me. It's I've me. seen some pretty evil dogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true too. Are they yeah, evil? Or are I they think just... that's based on owner. I think that's yeah, mostly past experience most of the time leads to bad dogs. Nurture. So, mm. so the merit, nature. would the merit still be on the owner then if it's a good dog? Ooh, Did Hitler's no. dog go to hell? I'm going to treat my dog great. Uh, <laughs> Did Hitler have that a dog? One. Hitler was a dog lover. He had a dog. Ooh. Compared to how uh, some people treat their dogs. Did his dog dogs. murder millions? <laughs> <laughs> his dog's in action, dude. Oh, man. I'm going to say that's a hard yeah. no. Yeah, I'm going to. 
people people treat dogs at different levels. Like they treat yeah. them. Everybody yeah. treats their dog different, and still, I think most dogs are just always excited to see their owner. His dog yeah. was named Blondie. Just so y'all know, oh, of Hitler's course. Dog? We we can't say H.P. Uh, Lovecrafts on this. We H- get canceled. <laughs> Look that one up, kids. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't. Maybe don't. Um, well. Then. With that, I think we can officially go ahead and end this. Uh, thank you all for all the support that you have shown us. Uh, check out our Instagram. And if you would like to donate to our show, we do have a link that I will be posting in the description of the show. I will also post our Instagram uh, account there as well. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, morning, day, whenever you're listening. Thank you all. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.